Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, I'm Connor Pope, and this is In the News from the Irish Times, where we take a close look at the stories that matter. Today, the scourge of the scam phone calls. How do they work and what can we do about them? Nearly everyone has noticed it by now. Irish mobile phone users have been plagued by scam artists in recent weeks. We are filing a lawsuit against you for money laundering and drug trafficking and there is an arrest warrant on your name on immediate base. Press 1 to reach the investigation officer for further information. But what are the scam artists up to? To find out about their methods and goals, we're going to hear about two such scam attempts. One successful and the other unsuccessful. The successful attempt was highly sophisticated. The other one, not so much. As podcast producer Suzanne Brennan explains. So probably like you, Connor, and like many people we know, I've been getting these phone calls for weeks. All the time I've ignored them because, you know, we've been hearing so much about it. And I got three phone calls in the space of one day. And by the last phone call of that day, I decided I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to see who's on the other end of the line. Someone who desperately wants to talk to me, clearly, and just see what they have to say. So as soon as I answered the phone, I heard the robotic voice message. And I know there's a couple of variations going around, but the one that I heard was that my PPS number had been compromised. So please press one to get in touch with an investigator officer. So I pressed one. The phone answered. Okay, mister, you got a call from the Department of Social Protection. It was a man who called himself David Brown. Officer David Brown, and I'm the investigation officer at the Department of Social Protection. And he told me that he was calling from the Department of Social Protection and he was here to help me. Okay, where did it sound like the call was coming from? Well, this was the interesting thing. It was a very, very busy background. You could hear there was lots of people speaking in the background, which would kind of lead me to believe that it was a call centre. In my head, I'm picturing people going in for their nine to five. They work in a call centre and, you know, they just happen to be the ones that are scamming people. And what kind of information was this David Brown looking for from you? So the first thing he asked me was to clarify my name. So I did wonder, did he have my name written down anyway? 
beside him. So if I was to give a fake name, would the game be up? Would he know that, you know, I'm not going to fall for this? So uh, the first thing I thought of was a a slight variation on my own name. So I chose Roseanne Brendan. (laughs) How do you spell that, miss? R-O-S-A-N-N-E. R-O-S-A-N-N-E, right? Yeah. And then the second thing he asked was for my PPS number. Can you just verify me the last three digits of your PPS? What I said to him then was, well, can you tell me why? Can you tell me what the problem is first? No, first of all, Ms. Brandon, we are calling you from the Department of Social Protection. You have to verify me the last three digits of your PPS. So after that, I will explain you the whole case, what exactly happening with your PPS. This is the interesting thing was he didn't actually really have a good reason for it. He actually just reverted to the top of his script that I assumed that he had in front of him. But you won't tell me beforehand. Miss, you are not understanding. We are calling you from Department of Social Protection and there is some protocols. We have to follow that. They hadn't gone as far as thought of a credible reason to try and convince me. They just said, oh, we'll just try it again. So at that point, I told him that, you know, I was would be of the belief that he was trying to scam me. And I told him, you know, I'm actually recording you because I think what you're doing is um, very wrong. Yeah. And how did he respond when you challenged him? Well, you know, he... (laughs) He was interesting in a way because he he gave up the pretense fairly quickly. I'm actually recording this. Whatever you want, okay? Just fuck off. <laughs> and your name is Dave Brown, is it? Yes, that's correct. He instantly just gave up on the fact that he was going to scam me. But that's not really where it ended. And where did it end? So, of course, I asked him, you know, I do believe you're scamming me. Can I just ask why you got into this line of work? Just out of interest. I'm not a scammer, I'm an artist. What is an artist? And what is an art? So this is art? Yeah, this is my art. I'm I'm not going to scam you. He was deflecting. So then he just started asking me loads of random questions. Do you like coffee? No, not particularly. What is your hobby like? Look. Why are you laughing, man? Oh, because I this has just turned into a conversation that I just did not expect. At one stage I did think maybe he's keeping me on the phone for long because is there a chance? that if you keep them on the phone that they're they're taking money you know through the mm. bill system or so you could almost get a sense that it's maybe it's quite a boring <laughs> a boring day for them and this was he yeah. knew the game was up but he was just going to have a bit of crack after you I'm not going to call anyone I hope so now I'm now I'm done after you I'm done Great. you are the only one I love okay perfect so what do you think about me what do you think about me? I think you're a terrible person. Do you want me to meet me? Do you want to meet me? No, definitely not. But why, miss? I'm missing you. Because I don't trust people like you. You don't trust me? Yeah. You have you have trust issue, you, right? Are you... Uh, am I annoying? Slightly. Are you annoying me? Slightly.
So you had a very rehabilitating effect on this guy. <laughs> I suppose the the, the, the the last question is kind of redundant in a way, because given the nature of the conversation and how it unfolded and asking about coffee and tea and whether or not you wanted to go out with him, did you get a sense, even in the early part of the call, that there was anything convincing about it? Or was it just all very unbelievable? Well, it is an interesting question because for me or for you, perhaps we wouldn't be the types, you know, we wouldn't even probably go as far as answering the phone. But for these guys, it's a numbers game. So mm. that phone is ringing, it's ringing, it's ringing different numbers all over the country. And for probably every thousand people that's tell them, you know, this is a scam, leave me alone. There is going to be people that just are unaware that may just trust them. Yeah. And almost get a fright, perhaps, when mm. they hear that their PPS is compromised. I do know there's another um, computerized voice when you answer that says something about the Garda Shiakana and yeah. how they're involved it, with the PPS being compromised. So st- stuff like that can scare people. And especially yeah. if they're if they're just not clued in to kind of the wider discussion on it or they haven't been, been keeping up to date with the news. So he 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 did seem he was very authoritative at the beginning. Mm. And I can imagine that, um, you know, he did he did seem like he wanted to help. So I do think in a way that, you know, for that unfortunate person that isn't aware, they could easily continue on and give them the details that he wants for whatever reason that is. In the end, David Brown was not a very convincing scammer, but there are worse out there. One of them picked an Irishman called Declan Cashin as his victim, and he successfully stole hundreds of euro from him. Declan is 40 years old and works for Twitter in London, so he's not the stereotypical scam victim. Declan Cashin, you've had a pretty unpleasant experience with scam artists recently. Can you tell us what happened? I got a phone call. The call turned up on my phone as my bank here in the UK, which is First Direct. And, you know, it's not uncommon for them to ring you, the fraud team to ring you and flag any suspicious transactions or payments. He introduced himself and said, I'm from the fraud team. We want to discuss some suspicious payments. We kind of went through some of the basic security checks. So like nothing like that caused me any suspicion then. Okay, can I just interrupt you there? Can you just clarify, had your account already been compromised at that point or when was... Like, to be honest, Connor, I don't really understand it myself. My account, they had been, they were definitely in my account at that point when they started the phone call because they were able to say, look, we're just going to run some transactions by you and can you tell us if you did them or not? So they were legitimate transactions? Yeah. So you don't know then when your account was first compromised? No. Or how? No, I don't. So, so far, he's just been making you feel comfortable and providing you with the details that only a bank employee should know. What happened next? Then he was saying, like, have you tried to send £600 to this? He gave some sort of landlord's name that the reference on the payment was rent. And I was like, no, that's not me. So then he's like, right, okay, that is a fraud payment. So then he said, look, we're going to stop that. We see as well that somebody has applied for a £2,000 loan on your account and it's been approved. So at this point, like I was kind of really panicking because it sounded like it was kind of a major hack of my account. Nothing was really flagging as suspicious to me at this point. Like, kind of, he was very smooth, very, like, he wasn't panicky, he wasn't pushing me into anything. So I have a, another bank account with Monzo, which is kind of like an online bank. And he said, it looks like fraudsters have transferred £400 from your main bank account to this Monzo account. And I checked it and it hadn't come through, but then it did. And I was like, oh wait, yeah, that just came through. And he's like, right, so you're going to need to send this back. And I was like, mm, okay. So at this point, 
somewhere in my kind of adult brain, I was kind of like, something about this is a bit strange because I remember kind of something in the back of my head saying banks will never ask you to send money or anything like that. And I was like, okay, but because this was an ongoing hack and it was kind of happy, I was really frazzled and kind of panicked. I said, look, I'll just send this back to my main account. And he's like, no, you have to send it to the, the loan has its own account now and you have to send it back to that or else First Direct won't be able to track it. So then I was like, look, I'm not comfortable doing this. I, um, I'd rather go into a branch and talk to someone about this. And then he said, um, yeah, we can do that, but I'll just let you know that there's a two week wait to do this. And like, I'm just anxious that we have to kind of shut this down now. So against kind of all of my instincts telling me that this uh, this wasn't legit, I transferred the money, the £400. And at that point then, he was like, right, okay, I'm just going to put you on hold for a minute. I'm just going to check that this happened or that transferred. And then the phone call, after about another like minute or two, the phone call dropped. So I called the bank and went through the usual bank protocols to get through to someone and told them what was after happening. And that's when they confirmed to me that, no, you were speaking to a fraudster. How did you feel about the fact that you'd been scammed? <laughs> I, I was kind of the thing. I was really embarrassed by it, and I think anyone would be. Um, but I decided to talk about it on Twitter anyway because I was like, "Look, I'm 40 years of age. This is the kind of thing I would talk to my mother about." Really patronizing, assuming that older people would be more susceptible to this. But like, they got me in a moment of weakness. I was distracted. They wear you down by keeping you on the phone, so your patience are you know you're just kind of eager to get it done. They have it. It was look. Uh, I I definitely feel really, really stupid, but this can happen. And my advice for my plan from now on is that I any phone call I get from any organization like this, I'm just going to say, look, I'll call you back. And that's it. I'm just not going to even... Inter- I'm just... <laughs> I think I'm going to create a generation of people afraid of answering the phone, I think. <laughs> Often we hear that these scams are aimed at older people, people who maybe don't understand the online world as well as younger people might. But this scam wasn't really a tech scam, was it? It was a much more traditional scam in the way that the scammer took advantage of psychology, of fear, to make you do what he wanted. So it's not really a problem just for older people. Well, I, someone contact, a few people contacted me uh, when I spoke about this online and they, were, they said they have research that shows that younger people in between 20 and 45, I think, are actually more likely because they trust, they're so used to using online stuff, they actually trust it more and are less questioning. Whereas older people might actually just hang up quicker because they mightn't understand what they're being asked or they don't know what they're referring to. So it isn't an older person problem. That is like one perception that I think, although people, the more the cheekier members of society would probably say that I am an old person now because I'm in my 40s. <laughs> Coming up, how do these scam calls work? Why do they often want our PPS numbers? And can anything be done to stop them? 
real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thomas New is a lecturer in the University of Limerick and a cybercrime expert. One of the things that's happening a lot now is the caller ID shows that the number is calling from an 083 number or an 087 number. Is that where the call is actually coming from? No, more often than not, it's not. First thing that people need to understand is that call ID spoofing, it's actually not illegal. It's only illegal if you use it for illegal activities. Um, so in a lot of jurisdictions, the USA and Canada, it's a very, very woolly ground as to what's legal and what's not. A lot of the calls that the criminals are using or the technology that they're using is based on the internet protocol, the IP system. And spoofing IP addresses has been done on the internet for a decade or more. It's what malware has used, I suppose, a lot over the last 10, 15 years. And that has just progressed onto the phone systems now because now we have the internet and the phone, they're nearly the one system. And there's quite a lot of software tools available out there that allow people to do this spoofing where they ring from one number, but they can change the number that's appearing on your caller ID, just like the IP spoofing. And is there any way that I, as a member of the public, could tell where that call is actually coming from? Um, no, not without tracking the call on your, as a home user, that's not going to be possible. You need some person with a technology background that can actually get into the actual details that have been transferred to make that call. And then you follow what they call breadcrumbs back to where the call actually originated from. Quite a lot are originating out of India, um, Pakistan and Eastern Europe. That's probably because the laws are less restrictive. It's more difficult to track people. And when you do find these people, it's more difficult to bring them to court. And one of the things that we hear people are being asked for a lot is their PPS number. But sure, what can a criminal do with your PPS number? I mean, what's the point of these scams? I suppose people need to remember that the old saying that information is power. So the first thing they do when you actually answer your phone number, the first thing the criminal now knows is that that's a real phone number that they've actually dialed. And that means that's worth more on the dark web if they want to sell that on. Secondly, what you asked there about PPS numbers. PPS numbers are what people will use to claim the pup payment in Ireland, to open bank accounts, to order credit cards and so on. So that information is actually worth quite a lot to the criminal. They can basically forge an identity based on your PPS. Okay. And then ultimately, one of the other goals is presumably to get your bank account details. Get your bank account details, yeah. Generally, things progress on to looking for your bank details, looking for your login passwords, and so on. And there was a fear that has been expressed by a lot of people that the proliferation of these scams in recent weeks is as a result of the HSE ransomware attack. I presume it has nothing to do with that. Well, yes and no. I mean, these attacks were around before the HSE ransomware attack actually happened. But the HSE ransomware attack did release a lot of data. That data would have included PPS numbers in some extent, phone numbers and so on. So that's why people are probably starting to see more phone activity in the last few weeks because those numbers have been sold. All right, already. To these gangs, yeah. One of the other things that is also happening is that the calls are, are randomly generated. So that like they, they just hit a bank of 1,000 087 numbers or a bank of 10,000 086 numbers. I presume that in most instances, the number isn't actually compromised or is it compromised? Um, in some cases, in some cases, they're operating off a database that they would have bought, like, for example, the HSE database. But in a lot of cases, probably maybe 70%, 80% of cases, they are just randomly generated. And when you answer your phone, you've now proven to them that that's a real number. Yeah. So that gets ticked off by the robot that's actually doing the auto dialing. And then that number is now worth money and that's sold on to the gangs that do the phishing attacks. Oh, so they can actually make money without compromising yeah. your details. If they can, if they can get 10,000 
legitimate numbers, they can then sell them in a block. So they can make a few bob even if they get no actual details. Yep, they can sell them on the dark web as a verified number that there actually is a person on the end of that line. Is there anything that we can do to stop these calls coming into us? So I suppose there's a general rule of thumb. You, um, you don't call an unknown number back. If you get a regular call from a number on a regular basis, you block that number on your phone. Uh, you never give personal details out on a phone. Uh, no bank, government service or any other agency is actually going to ring you asking you for personal login details to any account. And generally speaking, one thing to remember, if you're dealing with emails, which is another form of these attacks, uh, no bank email is going to contain a link telling you to click here. And also, I think what some people haven't enabled on quite a lot of their devices, but has been available for possibly the last 12 months, two years, is multi-factor authentication. Okay. Where basically you now require your phone, as well as your login details, to access your bank account. Because your phone will be texted a number and you use that number to access your bank account. And people need to enable that. Because then at least if they do give out their details, the multi-factor authentication, as in their mobile phone, will keep them safe. Do we know or do we have any sense who's more vulnerable here? Is it older people? Is it younger people? There's conflicting reports there. And there might be an impression that older people are more vulnerable. But do we know if that is actually the case? I don't have any stats on that. But um, generally speaking, if you target a smartphone, you're probably looking at more younger population. Yeah. I mean, you're definitely looking at, for the vast majority of cases, below the 60 age bracket. Okay. I mean, with regards to the actual phone calls where you're looking for details of it, some of the older people are vulnerable to that because they get quite concerned, particularly if they're living alone. They're very easy, I suppose, to trick. Yeah. But I think younger people in general, especially the 20-something-year-olds, they're getting cleverer. Yeah. They're not as easy to fool. They're more familiar with technology. Whereas I think my generation, if you're not involved in the tech centre, Uh, you tend to just do whatever it tells you on the message. (laughs) In the past, email scams were very common and people would repeatedly get emails from people in far-flung destinations promising them suitcases of blood diamonds or whatever. And then all of those spam emails started going into our spam folders and we almost never see them anymore. Is that something that could happen with these phone scams? There is talks in the US of introducing a digital signature approach which basically will verify exactly where your phone call is originating from. If that starts to roll out across the the world, then it basically will stop spoofing because a digital signature, it's it's just an electronic means of identifying who you are. And if they can do that electronically, um, then it stops the spoofing from happening. But in order for that to happen, Ireland has to upgrade its network because it will only work on IP networks, so fibre to the home at the moment. It'll only work for internet connections. So in the short term, is this just something we're going to have to live with? Yes, I think people just need to be aware. As I said, generally speaking, no bank, no government service is going to contact you looking for passwords, personal details or anything like that. So if you get somebody that does that, and we've all had the calls, I've had the calls, you just hang up and you go in and you block that number and that will prevent it at least from ringing you back. In the news, we'll be back soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 